Hi, everybody. Welcome to Worlds Collide, the podcast where I talk to people who moved abroad. I am your host, Victoria. And um, before we start, I want to do a quick shout out to another podcast. It's called Taiwanica. If you're a regular listener, maybe you remember Eric from the episode where we talked about moving to Japan, Taiwan, and then back to the United States. Well, this is exactly his and his wife's podcast. She's from Taiwan. And uh, so their podcast is so good. Seriously, it's so funny and also informative at the same time. And I was binging it last week. So the two of them, they talk about cultural, emotional and life experiences between the US and Taiwan. And they have all different kinds of topics. And for example, my favorite episode that I listened to last week was the one where they compare shopping in the US versus Taiwan. And I mean, they also have like parenting, mindfulness like more like self-help topics but it's really informative and they have such a good conversation flow so it's really nice to listen to definitely check it out i can highly recommend it it's called taiwanica and it's available wherever you listen to podcasts and also if you want to see their pretty faces you can check them out on youtube yeah I love them. I gave them also a five-star rating last week on Apple Podcasts. And now I do a quick introduction to today's episode. Uh, my guest is Jennifer. She's originally from the United States. And she lives now in Sicily, in Italy. And she moved there later in life. So, yeah, we talk about her whole background, what made her move there and why she chose Italy. And we also talk about her business where she helps other Americans move to Italy. So if you are interested in that, maybe you also want to find your roots, then uh, definitely listen to this episode. It's really informative and it's a really good story. Here it is, Jennifer. Thank you for being on my podcast today. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for having me today. Of course. First, I want to know, where are you from? Um, so I'm originally from St. Louis, but I left the Midwest of the United States um, about seven years ago, and I first moved to Shanghai, China. Oh. And yeah, yes, I left Shanghai um, in December of 2020 after a year of COVID. Um, I had had enough right. of that and moved to Spain and settled in Barcelona for a few months Mm -hmm. with my partner who is still living there. And okay. I then decided I wanted to pursue my Italian citizenship. So I returned to the town that my great grandparents had emigrated from over a hundred years ago. And so three years on, I am still here and I, I love it. I'm living a big Italian life now. Okay. So uh, you are in Italy and we're in Italy. I am just outside of Palermo in Sicily, so down okay. down on the island where the weather is beautiful. Today we had gorgeous, gorgeous sunny skies, 20 degree weather in in uh, February, I think, right? So, oh, yes. So very different from my old days in the Midwest in the U.S. Right. Where it should be snowy right now. Right, and gray and not so nice. And so you also live by the beach? 
I do. I can see the beach from my house. So I'm about a 10 minute walk to the beach, which is a dream come true. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so, so, and you said your great grandparents moved to the U.S.? Yes. My great grandparents were part, were, were part of um, that first big immigration wave in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Sicily had unified and so, the towns were just very poor. My family were fishermen and, uh, okay. you know, they were looking for better opportunity. And so yeah. they found their way to the U.S. And that okay. were, is where I was born and raised. Um, and then I made the move when I was about 45 to move abroad. Oh, okay. So you were already a little bit older. But did you know, like, all your life that um, part of your family is from Italy? I did. So, you know, I grew up eating lasagna for Thanksgiving, where, you know, most other American families are having their big, big turkey and mashed potatoes. And we were eating lasagna and caponata and Uh and all of these delicious Italian treats. So we were always kind of the odd family. (laughs) Okay. So and then your uh, thought of moving abroad, was it then just like, something that was always in the back of your mind or was it just the COVID thing and then you just decided really quick and you did it then? No. So um, it was actually in 2016 when um, when the politics in the U.S. had just become oh. really crazy and yeah. I was going through a divorce at that same time. Mm-hmm. My children had grown up. They they had just finished university. And so it just seemed like a good opportunity. And sure. my goal was not to live abroad forever, but just to take a year. So kind mm-hmm. of a reverse gap year. I was going to take sure. a year off work and travel. And, you know, China looked like a great place to go to teach English. And so my intention was just go to China, teach English for a year. I ended up mm-hmm. staying for three years. Ah, okay. And I was... And I was teaching business management, and I loved it. Um, but then with COVID, it just became really difficult to live in China as an American. Mm. Sure, because the visa called you back? or No, um, no, it was becoming difficult because of a lot of the political rhetoric between right. um, our former President Trump right, and, right. and um, Xi Jinping. Mm-hmm. They were kind of in this tit-for-tat of you know, making these nasty comments about each other. And, yeah. you know, most mainland China, Chinese have limited access to the Internet. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the information they were getting was, you know, Americans are bad. The Americans brought this disease. Right. And oh, it, it just okay. <laughs> it just became a difficult place to live. So, right. Um, right. And also, my part- like, it's very obvious that you are not Chinese. I am not Chinese. I don't look Chinese. Yeah. So it it was just, you know, we were, I was fired from my job because I was an American. Then um, we were, we were kicked out of our apartment because I was American. And so it just became more and more difficult to live. So we just felt like, you know, at that point, my partner was, is Spanish. And so we had the opportunity to move back to Spain. And so we just jumped at that opportunity. Okay. And that, That led me then in 2021 to decide to pursue my Italian citizenship. Right. And so I just had another uh, guest with the same background stories that you. So you can, if you can prove that you are originally from Italy, 
you get the citizenship, right? Correct. Correct. And so, yes. So in the process of getting my citizenship, I, um, I've always been an entrepreneur. Uh And so I've always had businesses and the opportunity presented itself to start a company to help people like me regain our citizenship. And so, you know, it's unfortunately not as easy as just, you know, showing up with my 23andMe DNA Uh test saying, well, I'm Italian, give me me my passport. and or like you need a lot of paperwork, yes. Yes, and do you need the original papers? No, so you need um certified copies. You need fresh new new copies of mm-hmm. the paperwork, which can sometimes be difficult because people moved around, people Americanized their names. Giuseppe became Joe, and so you know, we're right. looking for all of these documents not knowing Sometimes that, you know, somebody that we knew as Matthew, his real name was Mateo. Um, right, you know. <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh. So, so it's sometimes a bit of a scavenger hunt to try to find all of these right. documents. Right. And then, and then to comply with all the government rules, you know, the documents have to be okay. prepared in a very exact way. We have to make a lot of corrections to these names, which, you know, I'm going through right now. I'm helping my daughter become a citizen. And so we're mm-hmm. having to correct some of the names that, um, you know, were not corrected before mm-hmm. so that she can go through the process. So it's it's a lot, but it is definitely one of the best pathways to be able to live and work um, in the EU. And, you know, it gives right. me access not just to Italy, but, you know, like I said, my partner oh. lives in Spain, so I live part time there. But we can travel. I'm no longer limited to 90 days. Um, I get to pay taxes. I'm so excited sure. by that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get to I get to vote now for all of you know for the Italian government, which I'm not sure I okay, love any more yeah. than the American government. But yeah, you know, it, it, exactly, it, it's about everywhere at the moment. It's, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but it it it's a new kind of chaos. <laughs> yeah. But can I ask you? Um, how did you find your um, paperwork from your ancestors? I mean, I just imagine you're looking at like 200-year-old papers that are yeah. somewhere, who knows where. Yeah, so what I did is I started working backwards. So I started with my birth certificate. Um, and obviously, you know, I knew who my parents were. So I was able to get their birth certificates and their marriage uh-huh. records. That had my that had my grandparents' names on it from there, that's where it got a little more confusing because, you know, my grand, my great-grandparents, when they came to the U.S., they had Americanized their names. And so we had to start looking for, you know, we're looking for Giuseppe. Sometimes we're looking for Joe. Sometimes we're looking for Giuseppe that's misspelled. Um, right. You know, 160 years worth of documents, a lot of things change. It took us days to figure out where my grandparents actually were married. Um, you know, so we just started calling around every different vital records office in like a three hour radius looking for this elusive marriage certificate. Um, and that was in Italy you had to call around or in the U.S.? No, so this this was in the U.S. And then when it got to Italy, we had to start finding birth records from my great grandparents. Uh-huh. And, yeah. you know, my mom knew that her her grandparents, my great grandparents, were from Sicily, but she had no idea what city. Right. And Italy's Italy's records are not centralized, so they're held at over eight thousand different towns. Oh. So, <laughs> so you know, at that point, I engaged the help of of a professional genealogist to do some okay. research for me. 
And um, they ended up finding out that where my grandparents were from, this beautiful beach town about 30 minutes outside of Palermo. And, um, you know, so we collected the documents. We got them all prepared correctly. I came for a visit and just absolutely fell in love with this place. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but at that point I was, I was going back and forth to China, still at that point collecting ah, those okay. documents. Then, yeah. then we had that year where we couldn't leave China. So everything just oh, sat on hold at that point. So everything just stopped for the year of 2020. Right. And then in, then in 2021, um, that's when I made this big jump and said, you know what, I'm, I'm moving there. I mean, my great grandparents came from a gorgeous, gorgeous town. I'm surrounded by mountains. I overlook the sea. This is, this is paradise. This is where I want to be. Yeah. Um, and, and probably that one year uh, stuck in China where you're not allowed to go out was also like, um, I don't oh. know, probably like you wanted to break free from that. Yes, yes. You know, I needed fresh air. I was living in Shanghai. It was 24 million people, one of the largest <laughs> cities on earth. Uh, fantastic 24-hour city. You know, everything is just an app away. You know, you want food, you want liquor, you want, you know, a car, anything. Uh-huh. You can just, you know, pop on an app and get it. And But for a year, I was living basically in solitude. Um, right. And so, you know, I had time to research. I had a lot of time to take up all those hobbies that I had not been, um, you know, nurturing for many mm-hmm. years. And um, so that kind of helped slow the pace of my life from that big 24 million person city and prepare me for living in a town now in Sicily on the beach of 12,000 people. So big decrease in population change so how was that change for you it was um it was night and day um it there were times where it gets frustrating because you know here in italy it's i always equate it to living you know essentially in a couple of different centuries um still very traditional there's a truck that drives down the street with a man on a big bullhorn you know Uh i have fruits and vegetables today today i have zucchini and strawberries and Uh um but then there's other things that are as easy as china where i could just scan an app you know i can hop on an app and get something taken care of so i get kind of the best of both worlds really Mm -hmm. It sounds very picturesque with the uh, <laughs> with the truck. Oh, it is. It's so cute. I love when you know the Nona's um, because the town I live in most most buildings are about four stories tall and uh-huh. they don't have elevators. And so you yeah. see the Nona's and they're they have a string with a basket and they're dropping the basket down with the money in it and they're yelling oh, over yeah. you know. I want, I want oranges. Give me six oranges. I'm sending down a couple of dollars. You know, I'm sending a couple of euros down and it's so cute to watch. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's a different world that I could never imagine in my Midwest suburban life. Uh Um, this just doesn't exist and it's something out of a movie really. Um, Right. It It sounds like it. Um, and did you get used to um, the not 24 hours convenience, oh. especially especially with the siesta that you have now? Oh, that that I'm still, you know, three years in and I'm still working on that. Um, you know, so t- my life and my town is very active first thing in the morning and then the middle uh-huh. of the afternoon at lunchtime. Everything shuts down from about one o'clock to five o'clock. 
and there's no one on the street. Yeah. Yeah. The Sicilians like to like their naps. <laughs> I, think. I know, but I mean, I understand naps, but it's a, it's a very long nap, you know? <laughs> it's a very long nap. Yeah. And then everything at five o'clock, you know, the gates on the businesses roll back up and boom, we're back in business until uh-huh. midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Um, so it's, it's really funny because I'm still trying to adjust because I work both local hours in Sicily, but I also still work with my clients in the U.S. So right. in the mornings, mm-hmm. I do my local work. That afternoon is kind of coming in handy because then I can kind of take a little break, work on some quiet projects, and then in the evening, get back and start working with my American clients. Right. I mean, I saw your um, post boxes in Denver, Colorado. Yes, yes. That is where my business partner um my business partner lives and so she she actually handles all of the the sort of formalities of the company. Uh okay, so you work with um the US or with her and Yes, with with her in the US and then we have a staff of four in the US, um plus we have all of our clients are coming from either the US or Canada. So it's important for me to be available, you know, during the hours where they're awake. Uh, okay, so um, let me ask. So uh, they reach out to them and they then re- you finalize everything. And then yeah. once, once they come, you kind of greet them and have somebody more local in Italy once they yes. arrive? Yes. So once they, so my partner and my staff in the U.S., they'll prepare all of those documents. They'll research and get all of the documents from the U.S. And then if somebody decides they don't want to wait at the consulate to apply for their citizenship recognition, um, because applying to the consulate could take four, five, six years, or in the mm-hmm. case of New York, 10 plus years. Oh, some my pe- God. Yeah, some people will decide, you know what, I'm ready to get on with my, my Italian life and live la dolce vita. So yeah, they, they then will transfer over to me. And so I make arrangements. So I'm a bit relocation specialist. I'm a bit, you know, um, sort of the entertainment director. I arrange all of their housing. Mm-hmm. I take them to all of the okay. appointments and do all the translations from Italian to English when they're dealing with the government offices. Yeah. Um, immigration, you know, for example, today we were trying to get um, one document signed by an immigration officer and it took us three offices. And so, you know, I'm dealing with different police, different, um, different employees of different towns trying to get something done. And, you know, sometimes it goes really smooth and other times it's Italian bureaucracy at its very best. <laughs> and, oh, I imagine it takes a long time. Yeah, so we're going back tomorrow. We're going to try to get this paper signed tomorrow. <laughs> but oh, we're going to try it again. <laughs> yeah. I need it. I need it. <laughs> I need all the luck. Do you have the uh, the patience? I mean, I I think I would be very aroused by it or very annoyed by it. And then, but but it doesn't yeah. doesn't help you. No, no. So you know, it's. It's really hard for me because I'm very, um, you know, I tend to be a very anxious person and, you know, I can immediately sort of turn into that Karen of like, get me the manager, oh, you no. know, and, <laughs> and so it's, so here it's great because yeah. I don't know how to do that in Italian, you know, I, okay. I only, I only know how to stick to, you know, my basic script in Italian when dealing right. with, with the officials. So 
I have to really kind of temper my clients' American anxieties and, you know, pacify the Italian government bureaucrat in front of me. Um, and so it's, it's definitely a test all my skills at once. <laughs> Okay. Do your clients then usually um, fly in somewhere that is close to you or do you travel, let's say, to Milan or Rome or? No, no. We work primarily around Palermo. So we ah, yeah. we work in Western Sicily. So everybody flies okay. into the Palermo airport. And then once they arrive, they are going to be living here for six plus months. Um, about 50% of my clients that work with us end up staying in Italy and living in Italy full time. And then mm -hmm. the other 50% are kind of a, a split. Some of them move somewhere else in northern Italy. Some go to Spain, seems to be really popular lately. Um, okay. And then a few of them do return back to the U.S., but then take extended time, you know, to slow travel in Europe now that they have the passport. They, sure, so they, they just take that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. it really kind of depends on what their, um, you know, what their goals are, and what their family life, their professional life is on what they do with it. But 50% of them end up staying and living here in Italy, which is, I think, just really wonderful. So we're, we're working on kind of a project to create um, a little America. Instead of having a little uh, yeah. Italy, we're going to have a little America. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Um, so um, is the population in Italy usually declining? Yes, the population is declining. We have definitely a, a population decline. And so that's that's a big concern. So my partner and I kind of joke that, you know, we're we're two women on a mission to repopulate Italy. There's. Yeah, the, the understanding um, from statistical standpoints is there are over 60 million Italian descendants living outside of Italy. And within Italy, there are 60 million citizens. So there is an entire second Italy outside. And, you know, so our goal is to try to bring as many people back yeah. um, that would really like to. Yeah, because I, I know in Germany, it's the same. Like when I left Germany 10 years ago, uh, the population was something around um, 83 million. And I just checked the other day, it's 80 million yeah. now. So yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of people are moving away. So I just imagine it's the same for, for the rest of the countries in Europe. Not the rest, but... Uh, quite a few, a quite a few. Yeah, quite yeah. a few. And I think, you know... One of the one of the bright sides of COVID, I think, was the ability to smart work for so many people that we no yeah. longer are chained to these desks and an office. So yeah. the people that have had the opportunity and especially younger people, you know, it, it was it's always been, you know, for 20, 30, 40 years, you know, a lot of Italian, a lot of Americans desire to retire in Europe. This is sort of the dream to come live in Spain, live in the south of France, live in Italy for retirement. But now, post-COVID, so many younger people are working online, so they have that opportunity that they can they can move abroad. And, you know, whether it's to permanently relocate to one location or it's, you know, three months in Spain, three months in Germany, three months in yeah. Amsterdam kind of thing. Yeah, sure. This, you know, especially for, for my clients and for other Italian-Americans, This is that passport that allows them to do that. They now have 27 yeah. new mm -hmm. countries they can choose from. They can choose from. That's true. Yes. So uh, what is the name of your company? 
My company is called Italian Citizenship Concierge. And so we are not just a citizenship company, but we're a relocation company. So the citizenship is the pathway to be able to relocate. And so we provide a lot of extra services beyond just getting your passport. We really want to help help our clients assimilate, you know, to learn the language, to learn to cook the food, you know, eat from eat from our soil um, and and just have that La Dolce Vita lifestyle to have that that movie lifestyle that they can have. And for many of them, they keep that American job. So they have a nice income. And so they can cut back on their hours. Um, I was just talking to a client of mine. And she said, you know, I've decided not to go back to work because we've cut our living cost in half. So we can afford now to live just on my husband's mm-hmm. salary and I don't need to work anymore. So, so that's kind of like, oh, yes, you get it. This is it. Like, Mm -hmm. you're exactly, you know, that's exactly what we want to provide is that opportunity. Yeah, I uh, make sure I will put this info in the show notes. So to the listeners, they can just easily find find the website for it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Yeah, so I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, It's just another opportunity, right? You know, there's so many visas out there for people. There's, you know, Spanish citizen uh, citizenship pathways for people um, of Polish descent, of German descent. There's different ways. Mm -hmm. And so this is just one of the many ways. Yeah. So can I ask if the local people, what do they think? of the Americans who come in with their American income? So so the first thing they think, um, in fact, this came up today when I was meeting with one of the police officers, he said, uh-huh. why are all of you Americans moving here? He said, we all want to move to America. I said, yes, but, you know, in America, yes, we make a lot of money. We, you know, make a nice income, but we have no time to spend our money on anything that we enjoy. We have no vacation time. You know, our vacations are so limited. So we have, you know, we have this money, but it's going to pay for expensive houses and expensive cars. Food is expensive. We want to come back and we want to enjoy our lives. Um, And so Mm -hmm. sometimes they're a little bit confused um, more than anything. But for the most part, You know, the Sicilians, especially where I work, they're really they're really excited to have the Americans here. It's somebody new. It's somebody fascinating, especially coming to these small towns. You know, mm-hmm. um, when you're in a town of 12,000, everybody knows everybody. Everybody's related. Right. You know, somebody's a cousin right. of somebody else. So all of a sudden you have somebody new and they're like, oh, who are you? Tell me about you. Where have you come from? You know, yeah. and they want to hear all about it. And and uh, what about you? Do, did you find any um, long lost cousins? I have. I have actually. It's really funny. So um, I've done a, a bit of my genealogy research, but then uh-huh. a couple of years ago, I was back home and I did the um, I did a DNA test, and that really opened up, and I was able to find a couple of cousins. And so I have one really good cousin that we work out together. We take walks together every morning. Um, I have another, um, who has helped me set up my business. So, so it's kind of fun because, you know, again, they're just like, what are you doing here? And how can we help you? And can we go, can we go visit the U S where you used to live? Could you set us up there? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yeah. One hand washes the other. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, and 
Uh -huh. And um, do you guys speak English or do you speak uh, Italian? So um, it depends. We speak a bit of both. Of course, you know, their English is not always great. My Italian is not always great. Um, my Italian is more a business Italian because that's what I focused okay. on. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, sometimes there's a lot of hand gestures. Thank goodness for the Italians and the hand <laughs> gestures because we get through it. We get through it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you speak Italian before you arrived? No. So as a child, I actually, my grandparents and my mom spoke Sicilian. And so it's it's a totally separate language. It's not a dialect. Ah, um, okay. It's a different language. And so when I arrived, I knew, knew some Spanish and I knew some Sicilian, mm. but I didn't know that I knew Sicilian. I thought it was Italian, you know, being a dumb American. I was like, oh, sure, and sure. so I'm, I'm in the bakery and I'm ordering um, a couple things. And I saw these cookies that my grandma used to make. And I'm like, oh, I want, I want the mm -hmm. Jujulenas. And she looked at me and she's like, how, no, those are, those are sesamos. And I'm like, sesamos. And she said, you know, she explained to me that I was asking for something in uh -huh. Sicilian. She's like, how do you know Sicilian? I'm like, I don't know. It's yeah. just a word that I knew. <laughs> you know, these are just things that I knew. So, so I've had, yeah. I had to go back and I had to start learning Italian and it's, it's a work in progress for sure. So is it um, a very different? No. So, uh, well, Sicilian to Italian is very different because Sicilian is, it's a, my gosh, what is it called? Uh, brutal Latin, something. Um, but it's it's a Latin-based language, but it also has a lot of Arabic, a lot of Spanish, um, some French ah, in it. So okay. it's it's kind of a conglomeration of of languages. Mm -hmm. Where okay. um, you know, but then Italian, about sixty percent of Italian words will overlap with English words. So making the jump from English to Italian has been a lot easier than. Than learning Sicilian. Okay. Ah, okay, but you already knew that Sicilian. So. I, I already knew some childhood Sicilian. You know, most of my oh, Sicilian okay. was limited to, you know, how to cuss somebody out and how to eat right. and how to get food on my plate. <laughs> so the important yeah, things. Okay. Well, that's helpful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell you off and bring yeah. me some food. <laughs> yeah. Would you say now you are, though, comfortable in Italian? I'm comfortable in Italian. Um, You know, I still make a lot of mistakes. It's still a work in progress. I'm only sure. three years in and, you know, I think it's going to take it's going to take a lifetime for this 50 year old, to, you know, yeah. get everything down and just get comfortable, you know, to really feel confident. Yeah, because I mean, also, I guess you speak a fair share of English during the day with your I clients. I do. I do. So my yeah. my mornings, my mornings, if I'm in offices It's in Italian. Sometimes I'll, you know, some offices I bring a translator with me just to make things go smoother because, you know, yeah. I know the government officials, they're busy, so we don't want to waste their time with me struggling. Right. So, um, you know, but my mornings are basically in Italian. My afternoons are at home quiet, either me studying Italian or, you know, maybe watching a movie in Italian. And then in the evenings, mm -hmm. it's all English. Um, so, oh, you know, keeping that brain active. For me, When when I first came to the U.S., I was only surrounded by English speakers. So my English was a lot, I don't know, it just came really natural, really quick. Nice. And then like, and then like my husband now is German. We talked to the kids in German. So I speak probably 
80% the day I speak in, in German. So I feel like my English 10 years ago was way better than it is now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny because it's, you know? it's one of those skills you have to keep practicing. And, you know, I go back to the U.S. and suddenly my Italian is perfect, but I cannot remember a word in English. It's like my brain is always right. a little bit behind. <laughs> Yeah, like for me, it's the same. Um, sometimes, like the easiest things, they don't, they don't come out. I mean, I know it in my head, but they just don't make their way <laughs> out there. It gets kind of lost in the whatever language jungle in the brain. Exactly, exactly. It's it's tough sometimes, you know. And I always feel for my my partner is Spanish, and he speaks five or six languages. And so, uh -huh. you know, he spends his day working. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, he's incredible. So when we lived in China, he spoke Chinese to his colleagues. Uh -huh. But his company was German. So if he got on the phone with, you know, corporate office, he was speaking in German. Uh -huh. He'd call his parents in Spanish. He'd talk to me in English. Oh, I'm like, wow. like, how are you keeping this straight? My brain hurts. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well... He does it, you know, and I mean, some people it comes yeah. easier to than others. But yeah, it's a struggle for I, me. Yes, <laughs> that sounds to me also very complicated. Definitely. <laughs> Keep it like, like even don't mix them up, you know, just. Yeah, I end up mixing a lot of things. You know, sometimes there's, you know, a sentence that's half Italian with a couple of Spanish words thrown in just for a little flavor. Yeah. <laughs> So also make sure the uh, the Italians know that you are not for oh that you are from America. <laughs> yes, yes, I am fresh off the boat. <laughs> Is there anything that you um, really miss? Oh, I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, you know what I miss sometimes is just drive-throughs. It's really silly. Oh. You know that whole like <laughs> I just want to like drive through and grab a Starbucks. I just need a coffee. It's the middle of the afternoon. I don't have time to oh, stop. And I'm yeah. like, I want that convenience, right? Like I miss, mm -hmm. I miss the convenience things, target, target being open, you know, from eight o'clock in the morning till midnight kind of stuff. Like, right. you know, all that convenience, but, but I think there's more that I don't miss. Um, but the convenience, you can't beat it. The U S has, has definitely got it there. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's the opposite because I always I roll my eyes at the drive throughs. You know, it's like people, why don't you use your legs? You have legs for a reason, <laughs> you know. But I mean, also, I mean, I get food drive through. Sure, we have them in Germany as well. Coffee, it's already like because uh, I mean, it's more like, hey, you go to a cafe to have a nice time, to enjoy your coffee. It's not like a quick thing just to like whatever, drown it. And um, what I still don't get, ATM drive-through. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's. I mean, I mean, I guess like cash, cash is like not a thing. I mean, cash is like getting less and less anyway, but, but the ATM drive-through is like, Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> really, people, <laughs> come on, get out of your car. I know. I know. And it's funny because here it's even rare to just find an ATM sometimes, mm. you know, or an ATM machine that works 
so you go into the bank and, you know, and it's funny because I do love that. That's what I love about being here is, is all of those things that are slow. So I work and I live Mm -hmm. in a town that's walkable. So, you know, I kind of have a self-imposed rule that if it's within my town, I'm not getting in the car. So, you know, every morning Uh it's take a walk and go get my coffee. If I need to go to the bank, I'm going to stop at the bank. I'm going to stop and pick up some fruit on the way. I carry my groceries home. You know, one, I think there's something so mentally freeing about that. Um, You know, that it's more social. It's more social. Because you also interact with people. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's just so much healthier, both both from the mental aspect of being healthier, that I'm not stressed, I'm not in traffic, but also I'm walking everywhere. You know, in my old life in the mm-hmm. U.S., I was lucky if I got 5,000 steps in a day because I would get in the car, drive to the office, walk into my office, get in the car, drive to lunch, go back, you know, car, 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 car. Here, I walk to the gym. Like, why wouldn't I walk to the gym? Of course, I'm going to exercise. Why would I drive myself to yeah. the gym, you know? Just, would you would you describe your lifestyle now healthier? Oh, absolutely. I've lost 40 pounds without trying. Forty. Um, yeah, and I eat I eat pasta every day. You know, when I mm-hmm. when I first got here, I was eating gelato every single evening, and starting. I would too. <laughs> right. You know, I was starting every morning with a big pastry filled with cream. You know, pistachio cream, pistachio cream. Mm-hmm. Say that's where I lose um, with pistachio cream or Nutella filled inside, and I was losing weight because mm-hmm. I was walking everywhere. And I live. Yeah. I bought an apartment. It's on the fourth floor. And so I'm walking up four flights of stairs, taking my dog out all day, Mm -hmm. you know, no more just open the back door and let him run through the yard. Now it's, I have to participate every time he needs to wee. Uh So, so definitely it's, it's a much healthier lifestyle, but it's also a good chance that I can unplug, not be looking at a screen. You know, I think just there's Mm -hmm. so many benefits to that. Mm -hmm. And um, is it also much different to your, to the lifestyle in Spain? that your partner has? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is because he lives in Barcelona, so he's in a much larger city. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm in Barcelona, I do a lot of walking, but Barcelona is a big city, so there's a lot of things to go out further. So, you know, when we can, we take public transportation because parking is a pain in the behind. Um, But there's quite a few occasions, you know, I would say, you know, he's driving to work every single day. When I'm there, I'm in the car there at least two, three, four times a week. Where when I'm here back in Sicily, I might be in the car once a week, maybe twice a week if it's a busy week. Do you even have a car? I do have a car. Yes. But my first, (laughs) my first year, I did not have a car. My first year I was completely without car. Um, and totally survived, no problem. Um, there's trains, there's buses. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So, you know, I could get to bigger cities, I could get to other places and go travel. The airport's 15 minutes from me, so I could, I could easily get there. Mm hmm. That's nice. Was your, your business idea, did you get this right away when you, when you uh, came to Italy or did you just started working as something else? Yeah. Or? So when I came to Italy, you know, I had come from China and I had been teaching business, um, business management in China. And so obviously mm-hmm. I left that behind. So when I got here, I had no idea what I was going to do. And I happened to meet someone and make a connection. And I ended up working in tech. Um, and so I was working oh, California okay. hours 
from Spain and Italy. Uh-huh. So I was working basically in the middle of the night. I would log on. I would log on about 6 p.m. and work till about 3 a.m. And mm-hmm. I was working in tech, very, very happy doing that. But in the process of going through my citizenship, um, you know, there's a lot of different social media groups. And I just started answering questions for people about how to okay. go through this process. And so very organically over the course of a year, I accidentally started this business. It was never an intention. Um, I had been, uh-huh. a, I had been an entrepreneur since the time I was 19. I opened my first business. My first brick and mortar um, women's clothing boutique when I was 19, and oh, sweet. yeah, it was fun. But you know, owning your own business comes with a lot of a lot of um, gains, a lot of positives, but it's also a lot of negatives because you're never really mm-hmm. on vacation, you know. And no. and so one thing that was really appealing to me was, hey, I was working in tech. I was working for a company out of California. It was great. I had a nice salary. You know, I had vacation time. Mm-hmm. I had good balance of hours. Um, and I really loved that. But as this sort of started to grow, I was like getting pulled back into owning a business, which was the one thing that I said when I left the U.S. I will never own another business. I'm never doing that again. I'm okay. never, you know, like, and I fought, uh-huh. I fought it for a long time. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> until I couldn't fight it anymore. <laughs> okay. So it's like, okay, the people really request yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, we're, we're doing something good. So I was, my, my background was in fashion. Um, I, like I said, I own women's uh-huh. clothing boutiques. And when I was in my mid thirties, I had the opportunity to go back to university and educate myself on something new. And I wanted uh-huh. to work, you know, more in social work and something that was giving back because I felt like, you know, for so long yeah. fashion, Fashion was wonderful, but I had kind of right, reached that point in my life where I wanted to give back. And mm-hmm. um, so this, in a way, kind of gives me both. I get to live, you know, this beautiful, glamorous lifestyle on a beach surrounded by mountains in the most beautiful country, you know, beautiful mm-hmm. food. You know, I get to fly around, which is great. But I also get to make an impact in people's lives. I get to help them make a change in their life for the positive. So I get to use that social mm-hmm. work education in that way. So for me, this kind of bridges those two things together. And nice. Then, yeah. Nice. And, it, and it's worked out great because then, you know, I learned everything. I learned so much when I was working in tech that I'm able to apply to this. So I'll, that big toolkit now gets gets put to use too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, totally. it was a long way here, but I think every step I took was – leading me to this path and it sounds like you're really enjoying it I love it I love it I get to meet interesting people you know I take uh-huh. I talk to probably three or four different um, potential clients every day I'm I'm relocating people from different parts of the world different different parts of their life um, some are families some are singles um, you know some have some are married divorced widowed you know so I get to meet so many different people and then you throw into that all of the new Italians that I get to meet. And right. by living in a beach town, my town is, is great because um, there's a lot of Germans actually that own property in my town and, oh, yeah. and a lot of Polish. And then, you know, with the Ukrainian war, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately Ukrainian. we have now Ukrainians, which is, which is fantastic mm-hmm. because again, you know, it's just yeah. 
I live in this really cool multicultural society, um, and everybody's integrating and coming at different times for different reasons. So I love, you know, that brings me back to my old retail days and my days of working in fashion of just working with the public and working with so many diverse personalities and people and, and situations. Is there anything that you um, would recommend to people who gonna move to Italy? I think, you know, be prepared to leave your expectations behind. Um, you know, leave leave your old lifestyle behind. You're moving somewhere new. And, you know, I'm sure you probably went through this too, right? You know, coming from Germany to the America, there's going to be changes. And work on embracing those changes. And give yourself some grace. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a process. And there's yeah. going to be days where you're yeah. just like, what did I do? do like this is the most maddening thing ever and then other days you're like I can't imagine why I didn't do this 20 years earlier so okay. um did you, did you ever have this um why did I do this oh of course like, of course yeah <laughs> yes yes <laughs> okay. in, in you know both in Shanghai and, and in Barcelona and here, there's always those days that come up that I'm just like, oh, it'd be so much easier if I could just walk into the office and, you know, talk to colleagues in a language I'm comfortable with, with customs right. and culture that I'm familiar with. Um, yeah, and just knowing the process of how to get things done. You know, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't lived in Germany, but, you know, Italian bureaucracy like today, sometimes it takes three, four, five tries to get one silly thing done. You know, it's. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, um, I feel German bureaucracy is uh, famous for never ending. It's too much. You know, you need like a permit for this. You need paper for this. You need paper for this. It's. Yeah. Stagging. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, that's one of the things I miss is the U.S. is much more lackadaisical at that. You know, yeah. ah, no, you don't need a paper for that. You're fine. You know, I, I have somebody right yeah. now who, you know, she decided to change one letter in her name. And I said, okay, I need the court order that made that legal name change. She's like, what court order? You know, the town just told me it was fine. I could call myself whatever I wanted. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're not here. <laughs> you're making my Italian brain explode. No, <laughs> so much more work for you. Yes, yes. I'm like, oh, that was easy for you back there, but no, here I have a whole, I have a whole mess. <laughs> Sorry, you have to change your name back. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what we're working on. Is you either have to change your name back or get it legal in the U.S. and then come here. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's definitely days where I'm like, oh, I just wish I was back. But I would say those days are very few in comparison to the days I'm, I'm really happy uh -huh. that I'm here. And they're probably also getting less. If you accustom more and more, you probably have those days not as often anymore. Yeah, I would say, you know, maybe once every five, six, seven months, I'm just like, oh, God, I wish uh -huh. I was just back at home. And then, you know, okay. all, all I have to do is flip on flip on the news and read something about American news. And I'm like, oh, nope, I'm happy where I'm at. I'll deal with it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, another question I have is, um, how do you how do you make friends or how did you make your friends? Oh, that that is always kind of interesting. Right. So I I got very lucky that when I came here, um, I met this man who 
who was bilingual and he dealt with a lot of Americans and he took me under his wing. Mm-hmm. And so I, oh, okay. I sort of had my Sicilian mentor. He is, he's my Sicilian mm-hmm. father. Um, sometimes my Sicilian father, sometimes my Sicilian boyfriend, right? Like he introduced me to people. Okay. He made connections for me and that really started opening doors for me. Um, and then, you know, from there outside of that, getting into different expat groups, different Facebook groups. Like um, right now I'm involved with an organization called Girls Gone International, and we're going to start a chapter here in Palermo to help other expats, um, other female expats or identifying as female expats, you know, meet other people because it can be hard. You know, this is, this can be in some ways kind of a closed society. Um, You know, just like when I, just like when I was in China, um, so it takes time. And so we have to rely on our expat bubble friends um, to, to yeah. start. And it's it's not in my nature to necessarily put myself out there, even though I've always worked in a very mm-hmm. public space. My personal mm-hmm. life has always been a little more private. So now I'm having to reverse that. And I'm having to put myself mm-hmm. out there and go to different expat um lunches or museum visits and things like that with a bunch of strangers and have to have those awkward conversations and it's a challenge Uh it's a challenge right I mean I would imagine find that right person yeah that you that you connect with yeah yeah not working you know not working in a traditional workplace I don't have co-workers um and so that's that's made a difference I mean I would imagine I know from my friends um, that moved to the U.S. and you probably experienced this too. You know, you're coming from Germany. It, it, it probably, you know, took some time to make some friends and find find yeah. your place. Yeah, I remember like um, in the first six months, I was like, I'm so bored. Like, I don't want to do like, there are so many things I can do, but I don't have anybody I can do them with. Yeah. You know, so it's like, uh, I don't know, I wish I would be back home with my friends yeah yeah I mean you miss those mm-hmm. friends and you know thank goodness for yeah. you know zoom and FaceTime and all of the other different ways we can communicate but but there's still nothing like having somebody in person and having that 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 actual connection right exactly to have somebody to go on a walk with to have a coffee with something like that that's different yeah I mean, though, but I'm, I mean, I'm really glad about like all these WhatsApp, whatever, FaceTime things that are so much easier nowadays. Yeah. But, but still like you need friends that are present right next to you too. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not, you know, I'm not super excited about taking my FaceTime friends to a museum visit with me. Right. 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 (laughs) Like, oh yeah, look at this picture. Here you go. Oh, and now I'm going to have a glass of Prosecco. Would you like to see my salmon I'm going to eat today? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that does not work. It just does not translate. Right. So yeah, it just, you know, Mm. I think it takes time and I think, you know, for those of us that become expats, I mean, there's something inside of us that, you know, makes us, you know, a little bit of an oddball in the way that we're willing to take Mm -hmm. that risk. And we're going to go through those uncomfortable moments. And if we can get through those uncomfortable moments, something beautiful can come out of it on the other end. Yeah, yes. And also, you have your cousins there. Yes, Yes. And, you know, it took me, I mean, I would say it took me about a year and a half before I met them. And, you know, and, and they've, 
been wonderful. And they're like, oh, let me introduce you to this person. And, you know, we're related to this person yeah. and that person. Like, it turns out that the um, the manager of my hairdressing salon, she's like, we were talking today and she said, oh, yeah, you know, Alisa told me about this. And, you know, she got it for me from America. And it turns out we're related. And I'm like, oh, this you know, so like, funny. this yeah. is so crazy. You know, you just walk in. But um, when, uh-huh, when you reached out to them, I imagine you yeah. reached out to them first. Um, what were what was their reaction? They were they were kind of in shock. They're like, um, and who are you? And how are we related? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like is this a scam? Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so you know that great grandfather that was born like 200 years ago. So he had a yeah, he had uh-huh. a brother who had a cousin who had a neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's what I imagined it's like oh god yeah yeah so but it, you know it gets easier each time you do it and I think you know that was the beauty of my time in China was that really took me out of that American mindset and that shell of having friends that I had grown up with having friends that I had been friends with since I was in mm-hmm. childhood as an adult mm-hmm. now suddenly I had to learn how to make friends otherwise I was going to be very lonely um, yeah. And so that was sort of that was my bridge. That was the place I went to learn. And then it got easier, mm-hmm. you know, each time I moved. Yeah. And have you been back to the US? I go back to the US usually like twice a year. Um, so okay. so yeah, so I get back to the US. My my children are there. I have two grown children. I have two grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I go back to the US to see them and my parents. But This year, we're going to try it differently. Everybody's going to come here. So my parents and my daughter are coming for a month, um, and they're going to spend some time Mm -hmm. here. And then hopefully my son and his children and wife will come later in the year and spend some time. So Nice. Yeah. So, you know, we're trying to mix it up. We're trying to mix it up. And hopefully Mm -hmm. my friends, as their lives kind of open up a little bit, I have one friend we're going to meet in Turkey for July and have some some travel Uh time there and, you know, nice just, just relax and enjoy each other in a different place yeah yeah that is um really nice to hear i think we're also coming to an end yeah okay yes uh thank you for um participating on our podcast and it's super interesting what you had to say thank you so much it's been so much fun that was jennifer in italy And if you are actually thinking about moving to Italy because your ancestors are from there and you are a U.S. citizen, then you should definitely um, check out her website. It's called italiancitizenshipconcierge.com and you can find it also on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram and also um, here in the show notes. And then as always... If you really like this podcast, then please give it a five-star review wherever you listen to this show so it makes it easier for other people to find. And so maybe I can grow an audience, which I'm really hoping I can. So and if you are also another person who moved abroad and want to tell me your story, then please reach out to me. It's worldscollide123pod at gmail.com or you can also find me on Instagram. It's worldscollidepod, just one word, all together. And find me there and yeah, write me a line. And that was all I have to say for this week. I hope you tune in again next week. Until then, ciao!